Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, welcome to Boggy Talk. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you're doing well. It is the first week of May, so it's, gonna be May. it's May. Hey, Mary. Uh, yeah, and you know things are changing in the world. Elon Musk is about Twitter. Wow, uh, yeah, that yeah. changes everything, mm-hmm. right? You it know, does. Uh, yeah. around here it's been busy. Uh, you know, coming off of Easter, finished in April. We had uh, Jacob and Christina Hamilton, uh, our global missionaries uh, from Mexico, uh, here this past Sunday, and lunch with them with the church and hey if you're interested in uh, going to Mexico Mm. on the team like Mm. now's the time to sign up Mm -hmm. on the dotted line be a part of our global trips there in India happening this fall Um, yeah that's exciting so that's just a lot of information I'm getting ahead of myself. How you yeah, doing, man? Mother's Day is this upcoming Sunday yeah, too, right? Happy yeah. Mother's Day. So yeah. there's your gentle reminder uh, That's that right. it's Mother's right, Day, guys. Right. Good, good, uh, good fellas, Brenda Cook quote. Yeah, there. Brenda Cook, our uh, our uh, receptionist <laughs> in our office, is so wonderful, and she will just send us an email that says gentle reminder and it's usually something that we've forgotten or something that we should really remember. I appreciate the gentle reminder. I do too, because once she remembers a lot of things and it helps us, you know, remember a lot of things, Uh, you know, a lot of times it's about, you know, sewing a person. How come you don't, Give me gentle reminders. You just give me harsh reminders. Harsh reminder. Harsh reminder. You messed up. Look, dummy. You told me you were gonna. (laughs) Uh, What you said was. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Me saying like. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I forgot. I said I was. You actually are are not confrontational. So you like we have a great working relationship. But I could tell you hate me like hey. uh, I'm like what? Remember that thing you said you're gonna do? (laughs) Oh, that. I Uh I could tell you hate sometimes. I'm like like, so nice. Yeah. Well, I don't really like it either. Even though I'm. People, More. yeah. I mean, does it, some people, people who like confrontation, there's there's something wrong with you if you like confrontation. Yeah, yeah. Like if if you're, there's a difference in being good at having hard conversations yeah. and liking uh, having hard conversations. Some so. people say I'm good at it, but I'm like, I don't, I don't know. The compliment sandwich. <laughs> so I I've gotten better, but I used to be like. So say somebody just wasn't good at their job, you know, that was really the issue. And I was like, hey, uh, I really like that shirt. You suck at your job. <laughs> you d- you nice say shoes. nice thing. Yeah, nice, nice shoes. shoes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think that's how the compliment so like works. When you're like, you're teaching your kids, like when they're mean, you're like, now say three nice things. And you're like, I like your shoes. I like your socks. I like your fingernails. That's so funny. <laughs> like, All right. Well, we got to do that. Yeah. My kids, I make them like go around and say an encouraging thing when, and Cameron will be like, well, you didn't kill me yesterday, <laughs> Nate. Like, because they're just thirteen and twelve, and go yes. at it. You oh, know, man. Anyway. isn't it? Isn't it so exhausting? Don't you think a compliment and sandwich and marriage, like, if you're really gonna bring like something your wife needs to work on, it's like <laughs> the compliment sandwich is like a week of like doing nice things and then you get like five minutes to talk about that thing then you got to do another week of doing nice right, things right 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 yeah you just got you got to just butter it up back rubs for a week before you say like hey, hey uh, actually i disagree with this decision <laughs> yeah yeah you walk here we are not talking about marriage today though no we? we're not that's next week uh so we are <laughs> we are taking a, a, a few weeks here doing a, a a series called Diving Deeper. Uh, One of the things we do on Sunday mornings uh, is we go through books of the Bible and expository preaching uh, and just 
you know, continuing the books of the Bible. Uh, and we've been in the Gospel of Mark for a while, and we'll be continuing the bar- book of Mark, uh, the Gospel of Mark, for a little while. The Bark of Mark. The Bark of Mark. <laughs> I was <laughs> listening to a sermon I preached, and I called Jesus Jemus. And I'm like, really? <laughs> all really? those tongue ties. It I just know. happens. And, and now, because it's 20, it's all documented on the internet, I know. recorded forever. I know. I know. <laughs> you know? Man. Um, I, I think I tell the worship team sometimes, like a goal is, of ours, you know, if this is way down the totem pole in goals, but a goal is to not end up on the worship fails blog. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so yes. it's like, and you're preaching, you're like, just don't end up on preacher fails. Like, just don't end I up know. on, don't end up as a meme. Yes. Um, that's a goal now. But, uh, you know, we uh, <laughs> hope as we plan worship, as we plan series is that, you know, we gather for worship, we gather to study the word. We hope that the conversation doesn't stop uh, once the worship gathering is done, but that we're talking about this in life groups, that we're talking about this at home, uh, that we are, you know, just diving deeper into the text and figuring out how it really applies to us. So we thought it'd be great uh, to take these next few weeks and dedicate a boggy talk to doing that as we go through this series on Sundays. So the series on Sundays is Jesus changes everything. Yes, he does. Uh, He does change everything. So um, real quick, uh, before we dive into the text we're talking about today, how did we get that title? Jesus changes everything. How do we come up with, because if you're going through expository preaching, this is a question people may may care about and may not. You can hit the fast forward 30 seconds and, you know, Mm -hmm. but so a lot of churches don't teach expository and, you know, there's, there's, by the way, you didn't hit it. Justin just really talks that fast. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So a lot of churches, like I listen to us talk sometimes. I'm like, is this something? Oh no, it's not. (laughs) It's not. not. I tried to listen to us at like even speed and a quarter. And it's like, I, Ooh, wow, yeah, too yeah, much. no way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of time, if you're a topical church, you're, you're saying, hey, we're going to teach on this topic. Yes, so, right. and we, you can theme it out. Yeah. So, how do we get series names right. if we're just going through uh, the text? Yeah, that's a great, which we don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could just say Gospel um, of Mark for, you know, 40 I, weeks. So, this may be more information you want to know, but basically, a year to six months out, before we dive into a new book, I'm kind of, I'm hashing through it. So like, uh, the summer before we started Mark, I was going through it, really figuring out like what, how, what's connected, like what's all connected, but what's more closely connected, where does like the thread, the theme kind of shift. And that way we can kind of, um, capture people's interest a little better, um, which do we need to do that? Maybe not. Maybe we could just go through Mark for two years. So I'm not, you know, disagreeing with it, but, um, I, I think it does kind of help people like, you know, take it in bites. And like, like, for example, after Jesus changed everything, Jesus, we're going to be looking at Jesus's teachings on the end of times or, you know, mm-hmm. mm, stay tuned. That's right. Uh, and then we'll be looking at Jesus's last days. So mm-hmm. those are really almost, um, you know, like different, if you would call it chapters, you know, of the story of, of Christ's ministry. So that that's kind of why uh, we do that. And then this one, for example, uh, just talks about some things uh, that Jesus is really showing, hey, maybe how we view this mm-hmm. uh, isn't quite, um, you know, how the traditional religious folk or traditional person views it. And so uh, Jesus changes everything. Yeah. Not, and, and specifically, yeah, some very like, specific issues that like we're diving week. into. Yeah. So, yeah, I will say this before we dive in. I, I was having lunch uh, with some other worship pastors at various churches in the area, and we were talking about worship planning. And uh, I said something about how he has like, well, 
our pastor has really the rest of the year planned out and is already looking. And they were like, what? <laughs> and I said, because one guy was like, literally, I get the pastor's notes on Tuesday Ooh, and I Jesus. have to plan. Um, and I was like, oh, wow. And I said, now, that doesn't mean I'm always looking that far ahead, but I can look that far right, ahead. Yeah. And, you know, and, and granted, things change. And we, uh, so I say that uh, it's a blessing that yeah. you are wired that way uh, and not well. just, but you all maybe in, it takes work also. Yeah, so, it does take um, work. Yeah. It takes a lot of work to be that way. So yeah. uh, it takes but a lot of work to be it gives you the opportunity <laughs> because, so I'm going to turn that compliment back to you <laughs> that, you know, you are not just, you know, a music leader, you're a pastor. And so you know in what text we're going to be in. I know you read through the text, you know, mm -hmm. and you let God speak to you. And um, and I think it gives you the opportunity to really say like, hey, what, what songs support the scripture because you know the music uh is really there to help us connect yeah. with the word i mean Absolutely. that's reality that's why most of our songs are rooted in the word yes um and so uh yeah i i think it's it, that's valuable you you have a harder job uh because <laughs> than a lot of guys because you know um we do want that you know yeah. and <laughs> so uh, we are picking up uh, right now in, in Mark chapter 12. This is uh, where we were this past Sunday, Mark chapter 12, 13 through 17. You know, so as we talk through this passage, uh, we what we really want, um, and you're really the heart of going through books of the Bible and expositional teaching, expository uh, preaching, is that our one of the goals of the gathered worship is to em empower the believer to study the word on their own, that yeah. we wouldn't be dependent on the preacher, the pastor alone. It is good to gather for worship. We do need that. So uh, that's really why we wanted to take this opportunity to do it. So we're going to mm -hmm. read the passage quickly and then just ask some questions about it. So uh, this is Mark chapter 12, verses 13 through 17. It says this, And they sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one and he said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? They said him to him, Caesar's. Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Mm, mm. So, what is this passage really about? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, one of the things we're trying to do is I only have 40 minutes on a Sunday, you know, ish, because attention spans, really. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and, and so there are things that you probably think about when you hear me talking that I just don't feel like it's the primary focus. And so we're just going to dialogue about some of those things. But yeah, this passage, ultimately, as we talked about this past week, is really about the idea of, you know, they're trying to trap him in this question, like, you know, which side are you on, basically? And he's like, I'm on God's side. I, I was thinking about, um, and again, didn't talk about this this Sunday, but, you know, back whenever... Uh, Joshua is going to, you know, into the land and he encounters the angel of the Lord and uh, the angel of the Lord, you know, Joshua says, whose side are you on? Theirs or ours? And he's like, no, because yeah. <laughs> right? he's on God's side. <laughs> so right. Jesus is really like, hey, our perspective needs to be uh, on God. And then we view Caesar through mm -hmm. that. And I think that he communicates that very well in this yeah. text. So that's really, if I were to give like a quick 
like summary of what the point of the passage is. Yeah, he's cutting through the like us versus them and getting right. to really a, a perspective that we talk about uh, every Sunday, like you know, build the kingdom. Right. And we and Bogdog think help Christians think with a kingdom mentality, and that's right. really what Jesus is trying to kind of uh, about issues that sometimes flip the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Down. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about that perspective of 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 kingdom. Yeah. Uh, kingdom disciple society church. So right. we know that language and. Uh, but let's explain how that language really applies to this text and really the perspective of a Christian. Yeah, and that's something I really wanted to talk about Sunday and didn't have the opportunity to talk about. And, and so I actually got this language from Bob Roberts, who uh, is a pastor in Texas and uh, a friend of mine. And I think uh, he just articulated this very well, uh, learning from Dallas Willard, learning from some other people. But mm -hmm. there's this idea of, first and foremost, we are people of the kingdom. That's eternal. Um, but God's kingdom exists no matter what, for all of eternity. So then if we're created... And we, we are members of the kingdom. We're then a disciple. So first we have kingdom. Then the second value is a disciple, which means we're a follower, learner of Jesus, citizen of the kingdom of God. So that's, that's an eternal picture for us now. Again, kingdom is eternal regardless. Mm -hmm. Once we are created, we have the opportunity to be eternal beings as disciples. Then we think about our earthly perspective, right? Like we are in society. If it were just us as a disciple, we're a disciple in society who are members of the kingdom. The church then are, so if are the people, are the disciples who exist in society coming together to remember the kingdom and be fueled to go back out into society. Does that make sense? It does make sense so, to me. So really like that's, I'm, I'm quickly summarizing mm -hmm. something that there's 68 pages and several books written right. on to just how we should think about our existence. So it's, it's KDSC that yes. can help you remember Kingdom Disciple Society Church. And really what, what this framework helps us see is that it's really kind of the, the, the opposite of the Western uh, worldview of individualism, right, that I right. am the most important thing. Right. I am the most important one because I am the center of the universe. And this starts with God is the center of the universe, his yeah. kingdom, his eternal kingdom. And how do we fit into what the, the big story of God? Right. And what this does really is, is help us see uh, that as as Christians, like our primary allegiance before any allegiance is to God, before mm -hmm. it is to, uh, before it is to country, before it is to uh, government, before it is to any entity, our allegiance is to God. It helps us have that perspective. Yeah, and I would say that unfortunately, at least in the West, most people operate with a church first framework than they do a kingdom first framework when mm -hmm. it comes to our faith, and so so much is about getting to church, getting people to church, all these things. And again, I very much value the right. local church and think it's super important and think that you're really not obeying God if you're not part of a local church. But the local church has to be seen through the lens of the kingdom of God. We're disciples of the kingdom of God. We're out in society. And then we come back together as the church and go and send as the church. And so I, I think that that changes, like the goal is not programs. The goal is mm -hmm. people equipped to be on mission in society. Yes. And how, how those are intertwined because like the church is giving itself to the kingdom. And I think, right. you know, like we've said before, like there's, there's errors in, 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 the extremes of this. So you could have someone who say, well, I'm part of the kingdom. So why do I need the church? Or like, and then you have churches that become like, well, it's our church. Like, why would I, right. why would I support that? And it's like, no, the church is designed to help 
advance the kingdom of God. Right. And and we as people are called to be are called to advance the kingdom of God. And the way that God does that is through the local church. Yeah. So it's a both right. and and it's like, you know, God just think that is a an issue for the contemporary church is that we just think, oh, we're all these individuals who are living for Jesus. And man, we can just God's design is for us to do this together. Yeah, I would say that you're not really kingdom focused if you don't focus on the local church, but at the same time, you can be church focused and not kingdom focused. Mm. So if you're truly kingdom focused, like ultimately, if you, if you're about the kingdom of God, the church will be birthed and grow through that. So we don't just want to grow our church. We want to build the kingdom, right? Yeah. Which Jesus builds the kingdom. But, um, if we said that every Sunday, it'd be too much and people get confused, but <laughs> the reality is, you know, um, we want to see our church grow, but we believe that happens best by prioritizing the kingdom and, and we don't want to see our church grow and the kingdom not grow. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Okay. It's like like you know, Jesus taught us to pray. Right. Your kingdom come, right. your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I just think that's, and that was one of the points from Sunday. Yeah, you know, like he teaches us to pray that. So yeah. we, we should, should pray that. Yeah, we should I, live that and, and we should seek that out. You know, I I was thinking about that specifically because, you know, in, in Christianity in the modern, you know, church, I think right now, specifically in in uh many churches, the SBC particularly, there's lots of conversation over the social gospel and churches that are doing social ministries. And there's one camp that says we shouldn't do any of that. Right. We should only preach the gospel. And there's, and they, they will say, well, if you're doing that, you're not preaching the gospel. Right. And, and I just think, you know, we're missing the point. Uh, if you know, everything we do does have to flow from the gospel. But, you know, if you think about your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, well, think about heaven, uh, you know, in heaven, there's no hungry people. Right, yeah. So we should feed the hungry. Right. Now, that's not all we should do for the hungry. We should, in in the name of Jesus, like that's why we're doing it. And we want to point them to Jesus. But, you know, hungry people aren't going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should, you know, in, in heaven, there's no poor, you know, like we should... We should help those, right. uh, you know, but, and you realize it's, it's a complicated situation yeah. because you get into systems and all these things, but we can't say only right. preach the gospel, but the gospel will, we should preach the gospel. We shouldn't do these things to the neglect of it. And that's part of this living for your kingdom, like living your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah. Well, I think we covered, we've covered pretty well, you know, point one from the Sunday, which was mm-hmm. our primary allegiance is to the kingdom of God. And so we got to start there, yeah. you know, hey, we're citizens of the kingdom of God first and foremost. But then, like you're saying, you know, so then we're this disciple who is in society and we should live thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you know, tells us that we're ambassadors mm-hmm. for the kingdom of God. So literally, we're like people who belong to another nation living in a place that is not ours, which mm-hmm. is, um, you know, and, and a lot of people because we were probably one of the most successful governmental experiments that have ever existed. And it's given a lot of power to the individual and the democracy we have in America. A lot of take, people take a lot of pride in this country, which is not bad. But the reality is I think it became unhealthy for a lot of Christians where we couldn't separate mm. our identity as Americans from our identity as Christians. Mm. And um, we That's... are not, you know, like we're ministers of reconciliation Mm -hmm. in a land that is not, it's not a God. I mean, this isn't God's chosen nation. I mean, it's just not, I mean, I don't even think Israel is anymore. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, that, and that was, and they kept getting it wrong because they were missing the point of he desired a kingdom of all nations. His house would be a house of prayer for all nations. Like they, they missed that. Mm -hmm. So like, (laughs) if we, even if we're looking at that, why are we missing that? So like you're saying, you know, 
as a Christian, I'm first and foremost not thinking about like what does our government do for all these things, but what do I do as a Christian to make this place more like heaven? That is very, very strong, man. That yeah. is good. I think what well, you said, that's that Second Corinthians uh, five twenty. Like we are ambassadors. That image is a really good image. I mean, it's the Bible, so <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it really is. It's very helpful to understand. Like when you go somewhere to represent someone else, like you are going on their behalf. Right. And it's that's like good. God has sent us as ambassadors, and and that is uh, an incredible weight responsibility, but also a great privilege that we have that we get to represent like the kingdom of God to, to those like who, who need to see it. Uh, So how in that, so we established like the kingdom of God is our primary allegiance. So in this passage though, he's talking there, he's, they're trying to trick him. They're trying to catch Jesus. And, and really he's basically saying like, you still have to obey the government uh, and their rules. So uh, how do you do that as a Christian? Because, because let's, you know, the government, uh, not even though, like you just said, like some people in the United States would say our government's great and perfect. And, you know, that we, we struggle sometimes to separate our faith from our freedom uh, in the United States. But what about when the government and uh, maybe scripture are not aligned? How do we how do we do that? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where it gets dicey. Point three from Sunday was obey the government unless explicitly told to go against the will of God. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do think it's nuanced and, you know, we're just two people giving our opinions and this is very boggy. Um, (laughs) However, uh, you know, I, I think to understand what Romans 13, which we looked at briefly on Sunday and Jesus is saying here to understand them, you really need to understand the context of um, the original audience who is not in a democracy, mm-hmm. who are not in a re- Christian nation, who are being then told that. So I think like, you know, we tend to say, well, we just have an unprecedented amount of power and influence at, on an individual level uh, on the direction of our nation. Um, and so we tend to think like, well, I'm only, you know, doing that as long as it's the group I agree with that's in charge, you know, and, um, that's just not what Jesus was saying. You know, he was saying that to a group of people who, um, were second class citizens. And, and, and I think that by and large, the people, the people who have read the Bible are not people, uh, of, uh, a democracy or democratic Republic. And so, uh, they're hearing these things. And so I, I really think that, you know, um, we need to just go along with what the government says, unless it's clearly telling us uh, not to go against God's will. So just to be clear, yeah, if the government said, Hey, if the government was communism, which we, I'm, I would never vote for that, but if it was, I think Jesus would say, obey your government. Mm. Yeah. You know, again, not that that doesn't mean there aren't peaceful protests and things like that, but I don't think that the Chinese Christians um, should obey their gov disobey their government aside aside from the areas that you know are saying hey you can't worship together like mm-hmm. and they're figuring out ways to worship together and right. those kind of things so in ways they're yeah in ways that may be oppressing people some of you are hearing that and you're like no and i'm telling you that it's because we are free <laughs> you know yeah. and so it just goes against every fiber of our being and that doesn't mean we shouldn't advocate for free the things the ways of god you know mm-hmm. like but but we can advocate and be a voice for it while still being submissive to the government. And obey, yeah. And, and I think COVID was a great um, 
example of us because we don't have many opportunities, but mm -hmm. there were a lot of things that, uh, you know, I felt like were not wise decisions, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, but yeah, I still wore the mask. I was still respectful and wore mm -hmm. the mask when required. You know, yep. we, we as a church still tried to obey, you know, mm -hmm. and we had a governor who we really respected. But, you know, I, I know a lot of believer churches over the over the nation, like still met outside. They obeyed their government while saying, we don't agree with this. Mm -hmm. And um, where do you have the weird ones that were just defying, you know, the government as well. And so um, I think that was probably a great example. Like mm -hmm. we weren't silent. Right. But we also were submissive. Yeah. I think of, you know, there's several examples of, I think of like our, the uh, pastors that we support in India. Yeah. Great. And, example. Uh, you know, like the government in the recent years there has really made things difficult. Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, so culturally, yes, there's, and we'll get to that uh, in a second. There's, there's increased persecution, but the government in of itself has made it more difficult for churches and for nonprofits. Uh, and, and so, it would be wrong, I think, to tell our pastors, well, just ignore what the government's saying and do this secretly. You know, like right. like they're they're putting implicate putting, you know, new rules in for their money and how they can receive funds. And right. like we can we could break those rules, but is that really honoring God? Or you know, I think sometimes like government rules force Christian ingenuity, uh, you know, and you can't really stop the gospel. Right. You know, I think like, you know, when you use China as example, like where is the church spread most rapidly in, in recent oh, yeah. decades? China, China where, yeah. where government is oppressive to right. uh, freedom of religion, you know, like, because there's something at stake for yeah. people you right. know, who confess Jesus as Lord. Like they, they stand to lose a lot. And so there really isn't a cultural Christianity. It, it's fascinating that historically when governments have been like that, the church has actually spread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and know. when there's more freedom, it tends to, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, I think there's probably lots of research done. And I think there that's is, why, yeah. you know, like the more freedoms we enjoy uh, here in the West and in the United States specifically, the more the church is a little flaky. Yeah. And, you know, some of these issues are a little gray. I mean, uh -huh. I, I, I hate that word, but you know, they are like a little gray. And I think that, um, you know, that yeah, we can debate, you know, some of these things, you know, I mean, um, we, we just can't, and I'm not even going to get into that, but I will say this, like regard, regardless, and, and my point I made on Sunday was that like, if you think the government is going against the will of God and you are making a choice to defy your government because you think God is on your side, like, okay, first of all, like, you know, we can debate those issues and I would get multiple counsel. But secondly, like, Okay, but God didn't say like, and you're going to get freedom and money, <laughs> like if you obey me. So a lot of people like to say, well, Peter, you know, and John were like, well, we can't help but speak of what we've seen and heard. And they did. And the gospel spread. And then they eventually got killed. Yeah, there is a cost. <laughs> right. Like yeah. a lot of people were saying that about COVID, about the freedom of the early church. I'm like, awesome. You're right. They defied, you know, if you want to use those words, the government mm -hmm. to advance the gospel, which they actually didn't. They said, hey, you know, you do with us what you want to do with us. Right. So they were just like subjecting themselves. But again, they got killed. I think the problem with a lot of American Christians is we absolutely think that God owes us mm -hmm. uh, our freedom uh, and, you know, from consequences of earthly governments. And um, we're just spoiled because, yeah. you know, we see Christians getting beheaded and, um, you know, in, in countries where there is not freedom of religion on a consistent basis mm -hmm. um, and, you know, other religions being persecuted as well. But, um, and that's another, you know, yeah. side topic. Do we advocate for the freedom of religion in general? But I just think, you know, 
we have to remember that God asks us to be faithful and doesn't promise us earthly reward. That's right. I think, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, one of the pastors in India was sharing with me recently was how they were uh, in this, they were sharing the gospel. And one of the pastors basically was, was kidnapped uh, and held hostage for like yeah, 24 hours right. in some, in some leaders in the, in the village. It's crazy, and and they're like, you need to stop sharing the gospel. Um, and he was like, I can't, I'm, I have to share the gospel. And, um, they said, well, if you don't, what we just did to you, we're going to do to your family. Oof, and he just said, you know, like, okay, like we're yeah. ready to, we're ready for the price. And I think, so he's not expecting like, so that, you know, so he is going against the, the village rulers, you know, right. and their command. Uh, and like you said, uh, Sunday, out of clear know, obedience, yeah, to out of obedience yeah. to Christ. So right. there is, you know, and I think going back to something we said, like if a government does have laws that are unjust, like we should advocate for change of laws. It's not that we should just do everything the government tells us without advocating or without right. wanting change right. in those things, you know, because there's, that certainly can be the case, but here, here, this is this this pastor who is saying, uh, "I'm not owed anything right. by God, and I'm willing to give everything uh, because this message does have to go forward." And I think that is uh, something we're uh, a price like we're just kind of unfamiliar with that level yeah. of cost. Uh, in our context. Um, so for, for clarity, when I was talking about communism, like being submissive, like they want a certain amount of your money, yeah. right? Like taxes, you should pay them. Mm -hmm. I w and, and I wasn't saying like, you should not be a Christian, you right. know, if they're saying, uh, mm -hmm. I actually think a lot of Pete Christians have a harder time with the idea of giving more money to the government than being able to express their freedom of religion. Yeah. Which is sad. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah. I think a lot of American Christians are more concerned with their lifestyle being affected by the government than, their than they are their others. faith. I I agree. I think if, yeah. Because are you sharing the gospel anyway? <laughs> yeah. Like, like what's it doing? What's, what's, oh, I'm not going to be able to share my faith. You don't anyway. <laughs> like sharing it on uh, Facebook? A, a, a Facebook is, doesn't count. You know, <laughs> right? like, are, yeah. Are you talking openly about Christ in situations? I'm not going to be able already. to go to church the three times a year I go. <laughs> Like seriously, <laughs> but you, and you don't even not watch you body talk listeners. No, no, you're the faithful. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're not even like watching online when you're not. Here, so <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, we digress. Now we get now but it's now it's salty talk. Let, let's get something clear. <laughs> yeah, and I said this Sunday. The most clear thing is Christ-like character, no matter what circumstance you yeah. find yourself in. Mm, no matter what, like you are acting, following, and because we are ambassadors for Christ, right. yeah, like we represent Him, and so you know, what would Jesus do? You know, I think that is a great principle. You look at this, like Jesus would pay the taxes, you know, yeah. render to Caesar the right. things that are Caesar's, ultimately knowing that it all belongs to God. Everything, right. you know, going back to this text, yeah. like he says, render to Caesar what Caesar's, give to God what's got, everything belongs to right. God. And so even giving to Caesar what Caesar is a way of honoring God. And so we represent Jesus. So Christ-like character in all things. Which is worship times. because I'm like, I do not want to pay this tax bill. No, not a bit. Lord Jesus, I love you. <laughs> Why right. do I have to do this? Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. And then I think, you know, another... Uh, <laughs> I'm like at the point in my life where it's like, if I make more money, I think it just goes to the government. Like, Pretty much every yeah, bit of... Yeah, yeah, like, you, well, you're like you know. that. Because of our family size, like when our kids are out, we'll just, it all go to the government. So <laughs> It's, it's but, crazy. Yeah. You know, I think... Um, yeah, you, uh, we were talking about this Twitter thread, you know, that I think is a great expression of this, like using our, like, I should read that. Yeah, we should pull it up. I don't oh, okay. have it. Uh, oh, okay. okay. I'm going to pull it so up. Pull it up while, I'll be your I, while I explain here. it. So basically what we're talking about here is like, um, you know, using our freedom for good 
and not abusing our freedom in the name of Jesus. So this is a Twitter thread by uh, at Caleb Kreider. Uh, so you can uh, find He's this. He's a missiologist. Yes, there you go. So I'm going to read this really quickly. So this is this is great thoughts. So let's say you decide to hold outdoor worship services in your backyard every night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. You have a live band and a great sound system. There's a good turnout for the first week, and you feel renewed and invigorated by the worship. At around 8 p.m. the third night, a neighbor knocks on your door. Would you please turn down the music? We're having a difficult time getting our little ones to sleep, Mm -hmm. and it's made for a rough week. How would you respond? Many of you would say, no, I won't turn down the music. Some would cite the local noise ordinance, which allows loud music until 10 p.m. Others would claim, we're exercising our freedom of religion. Some might even add, you should join us, bring your kids. The neighbor talks with others and finds he's not the only one frustrated by your behavior. They write a letter asking you to turn down the music. You refuse. So they protest in front of your house and start a petition to change the noise ordinance. You cry persecution. These responses demonstrate selfishness, not kindness. Your reaction doesn't provide opportunities for you to share about why or who you worship. Neighbors don't see Jesus in you. They aren't filled with hope or convicted of sin. They just know you're a bad neighbor. Mm. What might you have done instead? Well, acknowledge the idea. Acknowledge the idea might not have been the best in the first place. Besides that, you could have graciously turned down the music, changed the time to earlier in the evening, or taken the service indoors. Every request was an opportunity to respond in a way that demonstrated Christ's love, mm. honored your neighbors, and provided an opportunity to share the gospel. Mm. We've all been sent to be and make disciples. This requires that we lay down our rights mm. and preferences in order to establish and maintain relationships. Mm. Those of you who refuse to turn down your music are making it really hard for those of us who are trying to have conversations. Mm. So this is a, this is a great good. thread. And what he's saying is, were they doing anything illegal? No. Were they doing anything uh, morally wrong? No. But ethically, you know, they were not loving their neighbor well, and which closed the door for the gospel. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the responses was like, but have they considered that my music is the best music? <laughs> that's like, right. And that's, I think that's, they were joking, but that's like the mentality, the art, right? The right like, yeah. like we are right. And so everybody should come along with us mm-hmm. and, and express it how we express it. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think that's what was going on in the life of the religious leaders in this day. And mm-hmm. Jesus is like, it's not about you being right. It's about God. Mm. And yeah. God says, the two greatest commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of what we talk about when we talk about freedom of religion, we talk about freedom of government, is really just a ma- mask for us getting our way yeah. and doing what we want. And 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 that was part of the fall, you know, is to be like, well, we are like God. Like, we can do whatever we want. Like, we can't do whatever we want. And as a Christian, so much of being a Christian is being a bondservant. It's choosing to be a slave mm-hmm. to others. Like, mm-hmm. and again, that doesn't mean Lay down the rights. we yeah. compromise our faith. It doesn't mean we're going along with the culture, but it means that, you know, we're, we're kind of keeping a steady um, hand on this tension of, you know, loving God and expressing our love for God and worship and freedom and yet 
you know, through love serving one another. Yeah. I, I just think it's, it's complicated and, it, and it's, it's, it stinks sometimes. Yeah. Like you think about it, going back to Jesus, like Jesus was right. He was the most right person who ever lived, you know, I mean, he's yeah. God and he's perfect, but he was right. And Jesus served people, washed feet, gave his life, you know, did not, you know, Philippians 2, did not see his being God as something to be held on to, but humbled himself. Uh, and so we can say, well, I've got rights. Yeah. I've got rights. I can, I can, I can. But if we're not leveraging that freedom for the good yeah. of others, to serve others, to show them who Jesus is, then we are really wasting it and abusing it. Right. Uh, and, that Go ahead. And the context of, you know, what's happening in Mark 12 is that parable that, you know, Jesus told about the son being rejected, mm. you know? And so like, we just we have a terrible theology of suffering in the American church to realize like many of our brothers and sisters, the majority of our brothers and sisters, their faith did not equate to massive earthly success. Like, and we just we have a hard time not uh, seeing our faith apart from achieving financial gain, uh, achieving church growth. Like we just. And we're just in the minority and, and we just have to realize that again. So, so that doesn't mean we say, oh, I'm giving every, all the blessings away. Mm -hmm. It just means we realize why we've been blessed, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. with the freedom we have, like the gospel should be going forth crazily because mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. And it, it makes me think, well, wrap this up. There's a video clip that went out recently of this, uh, of a flight. Oh, and, you went there. You uh, went yeah, there. You know, there is this I'm flight. I'm leaving. I'm getting up. I'm going. <laughs> Get out of here. There was this flight and, uh, you know, they, they're on an airplane and a guy gets up and he starts, uh, leading a song of, I forget what song it was a worship song. Coming back. And he's coming back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, there's a bunch of people singing, the guy standing up, walking the it's aisle cute. with his guitar. And, and there's one guy in particular in the video clip, you can tell on the expression of his face is he's just not having it. Like, this is ridiculous. Why did I book a flight on Spirit Airlines? Yeah, you know, and I, we, we don't know where this flight was coming from. They're coming back from mission trip. And so there's part of you that like, oh, wow, that's, that's nice. That's cool. What, how bold uh, they, they proclaimed. And isn't that, you know, worship and isn't but i'm like you watch that and you actually kind of cringe because you're actually forcing people uh in to hear this and it's incredibly disrespectful and i don't really think it's actually bold i think it's like if you want people like it's a lot harder to like talk to the person next to you and start to have a conversation with them that leads to a faith conversation that gives you the opportunity to share the gospel which would ultimately be more fruitful because i think other believers on that plane probably saw it and were like, wow, that's, it probably did encourage other believers. But I, I just wonder if it led to any kind of gospel conversation or, you know, and I think that's a great example of really not considering others yeah. needs above your own in the name of Jesus with something right. that's spiritual, my yeah. own hot take on it. And I think, I think like Christians will say, well, this one thing, good thing came of it. And that might be true, but I don't think we really measure like all the bad that comes from it. And mm -hmm. we do have to think about that. You know, we get, we give an account for every soul. And so I do, we, I think we have to think about that. Yeah. I saw that and was like, I'm a Christian. And I would be annoyed on that flight. <laughs> like so, that. I'm trying. I'm to a sleep. Christian pastor. <laughs> That's right. I so, did, I did, if you ask us all for permission, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, no. It's just yeah, it's just a strange thing. So I think going back to this, it's like we are citizens of the kingdom first, and they were trying to trap Jesus, and Jesus because he's really smart, doesn't fall for the trap. And it says they marveled at his answer. And he's basically saying, 
Everything belongs to God. And part of honoring God is that you honor those that God has put in yeah. charge of you. So mm -hmm. render to Caesar what is Caesar's, but lay down your rights so that you have the opportunity to spread the gospel. Mm -hmm. So anything you want to add to that? Now nah, you you put a bow on it. All right. So, hey, next week we are going to pick up with the next passage uh, in the book of Mark talking about uh, marriage and the resurrection. Uh, another way they tried to trap Jesus. All these are like, we should have called this trapped. Like, you know, like they're just trying to trap Jesus in all these situations. And Jesus is like, here's the truth. And the truth sets you free. We will answer the question, will your spouse be in heaven? Will they? <laughs> well, will they? <laughs> we'll find out next week. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat. 